chaplain my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God life relationships the Bible and I answered them as best I could they also called me Padre welcome to the dear Padre podcast where I take the questions of the day and the people of the day and whatever's popping into my head and share them with you thanks for listening as always and uh, we're gonna talk about Jeremy Taylor today Jeremy Taylor is someone that had a lot of influence in my life and still does and I hope to uh, learn more of him in the, in the coming days. But here's a little sample of, of him. Today is the anniversary of the death of Jeremy Taylor, and we um, commemorate him in the Anglican Communion in the Episcopal Church uh, for a number of reasons. He may not be a, um, a familiar name to many, but the events that he lived through and the kind of culture and theology and, and Bible teaching that he uh, dedicated his life to had a huge influence on, on us over here in the United States. Um, he was born uh, at a very early age, like all the saints, and grew up and went to college and did other things. Uh, but suddenly, uh, it became a priest in the Anglican Church. The Anglican Church at that time, the Church of England, was uh, a very Protestant organization. Um, it was not sort of like what we see in the Episcopal Church in America today uh, with regular Sunday communion and things like that. It was very, um, <clears throat> very devoted to the prayer book and not making a big fuss of everything, uh, just having communion about once a month and um, praying the Psalms and singing them regularly, um, but not a lot of incense. There was no incense in the church at that time, not a lot of uh, things that we recognize in the church today, but it was still our Anglican church that we have today. Uh, they had bishops, which Jeremy Taylor eventually became one. But as a young man, he was kind of a superstar preacher in the church. Remember, this is a time before television, before radio, um, if you were living in England at the time, or anywhere, uh, the celebrities you would know would be the king and his family. You would know maybe other celebrities from a distance, but most of the celebrities you knew would be people that you might see in real life. And if you lived in a city like London, you would go to the churches, and the best churches had the best preachers, and that was not just... Um, something to learn for your own edification, but also a, almost an entertainment event to hear different preachers. And uh, pre the live delivery of a sermon and the writing of a sermon was a big art form of the day. Hopefully still is, but not as much as back then. And Jeremy Taylor was right away elevated to a very, very uh, prestigious post so he could preach and everybody could hear him. The, the Archbishop of Canterbury had heard him and said, wow, that guy's really good. So he was kind of a... Um, a rising star in the in the Anglican world. Um, and then something happened. The English Civil War broke out. Uh, the English Civil War was a long series of political issues between the Parliament of England, which was the elected government of of the of the uh, nation at that time, which uh, they weren't elected the way we elect people. They were rich guys who were part of the nobility, generally speaking, 
um, and rich families that were able to get elected. Um, and it wasn't like just anybody could run or anybody could vote. This is the 1600s uh, in England. <clears throat> and at, this, at the same time this is happening in England, there's another thing happening in the world, and that is the American colonies, what eventually become the American colonies, are being founded in places like Jamestown um, and places like Plymouth Plantation uh, up in Massachusetts. And, and the, uh, by this time, Jeremy Taylor's lifetime, the colonies in Virginia and the colonies all along the east coast of the United States are becoming, uh, you know, settled English uh, cities, and they consider themselves English, the people that live there, um, the, the English people that live there, consider themselves English. They don't consider themselves Americans yet. They have a king, and they love their king, and for the most part um, are good, loyal subjects to England. But the English Civil War that breaks out in England is, um, is, has huge ripple effects in the United States. Uh, basically, uh, the, the Parliament of England says that the king must go. The king needs to listen to them. And the king, Charles I, says, no, I don't need to listen to you, Parliament. I'm the king. I'm descended from a long line of kings. In fact, I'm descended from the original kings that God chose to be kings. Uh, this idea of the divine right of kings, that God put the king in place through a series of births um, so that a king isn't just, doesn't just pop out of nowhere. A king ultimately comes from God, and you must respect that. And the parliament said, the king is just a guy, and we need him to listen to us about the demands and needs of the people. And you can see the tension between uh, the politics of the day. Jeremy Taylor, this hotshot preacher in London, is caught up in this. Uh, parliament eventually uh, kicks the king out. And the king runs for his life, Charles I. He gathers around him his royalist subjects, people that are loyal to the king. They're called royalists, like the royal, um, they want to stick with the royals. And then there's the parliamentary army that forms to fight against the royals. Um, we have the birth of the cavaliers. The word cavalier comes from this time. They're, long, they're big slouchy hats uh, that they r rode their horses on. These were the gentlemen um, aristocratic knights of the time. They rode horses, and that, that was the side of, of uh, Charles I. The parliament, parliamentary army was, uh, was poorer uh, in their birth, but richer in resources, so they were able to field larger armies with better technology, and the king relied on these, this cavalry um, that was going to, you know, was already anachronistic, already outdated on the battlefield, but was very brave and willing to take huge risks, whereas the parliamentary army was more careful, calculated, and uh, more concerned about the lives of the people in it. I'm painting with a broad brush here, but this was the, the controversy that Jeremy Taylor found himself in, thrown into. Uh, he is, becomes a chaplain for the royalist army. He uh, travels with the troops and is, and is, capture, is uh, besieged in a castle. Um, in the castle of Cardigan, where Lord Cardigan uh, was from, Lord Cardigan eventually fights, a, a descendant of Lord Cardigan who built the castle, eventually fights in the Crimean War, the war that Florence Nightingale is famous for in Crimea, 
And uh, General Cardigan has a sweater that he always wears, and it is eventually called the Cardigan Sweater. So this is where this comes from. But Cardigan Castle, he is besieged inside Cardigan Castle, and then in the assault on the castle, he is captured. Jeremy Taylor becomes a POW, a prisoner of war. He goes from being the hotshot preacher in London to being a prisoner. Um, through some exchange of prisoners or some way, he is released and leaves the army. And he doesn't write about this time in his life, but this is the time I've, I've sort of searched his writings for. And one of the places that he mentions this part of his life, he says, in the great storm, which dashed the vessel of the church all in pieces. I have been cast on the coast of Wales in a little boat, thought to have enjoyed that rest and quietness which in England in a far greater I could not hope for. Uh, he describes the English Civil War as a great storm which broke the church. The parliamentary army and parliament said, we don't want any more bishops. Charles I said, we need to keep our bishops um, in place. We don't need to destroy this heritage that we've inherited from our spiritual forefathers. And so this, this, religious, this, this political controversy is also an extremely religious controversy. The Americans, they're not Americans yet, but they're in America. They are watching this from a distance. Um, they, they look across the England and they say, you know, the future is not kings. The future is parliament. It's a representative government. And they watch this and they start to get more agitated over time to say, we don't really want a king in charge of us anymore. And eventually the American Revolution is basically a playing out of the English Civil War on American soil in a way that even gets weirder in a second. Uh, eventually, um, and so this part of um, Jeremy Taylor's life is the, the post-traumatic part where he... Um, has experienced this horrific uh, loss and defeat and being captured and the uncertainty of dying and all these other things. And it transforms his ministry forever. Um, he writes about it in this time, like being a storm thrown up on the shore, everything fell apart. He eventually goes to what is now Ireland and becomes a priest there because um, parliament wins the English Civil War. They beat Oliver Cromwell, eventually rises to power and defeats King Charles I. They capture him, they put him on trial, and they cut his head off. Uh, he refuses to back down and and do what they say, like disbanding the church and the bishops and everything, and he uh, loses and, and becomes a martyr for the faith. Charles I, even though he's a king, um, stands up for the church in a way that Anglicans today recognize as being someone who stood up for us, uh, someone who stood up for us and at a great cost themselves. Charles I is executed and the guys who execute him eventually feel really bad about it because they killed a king, which you're not supposed to do. And so they come to Connecticut. They come to the New World and hide out in the United States for the rest of their lives and are buried there in Connecticut. Um, and you can see that these are the kind of people that found our country. Um, the government of the United States is founded by the people who were king killers, who were willing to kill a duly elected or duly, uh, duly <laughs> birthright sovereign, sovereign. So you can see the American situation playing out here, um, right here on our own soil. But Jeremy Taylor talks about this. He says, 
And here again, I was exposed to the mercy of the sea and the gentleness of an element that could neither distinguish things or persons. He couldn't perceive reality. Um, this is what happens in trauma. After trauma, people are not always aware of what is reality and what isn't. Um, and the uh, end, but that he, God, was stilleth, that stilleth the raging of the sea and the noise of the waves and the madness of his people, hath provided a plank for me. I had been lost to all opportunities of content and study. But I know not whether I have been more preserved by the courtesies of my friends or the gentleness and mercies of a noble enemy. Um, he recognizes in his own defeat that even his enemy um, has given him a chance, a second chance at life. And this is hard to know how to live after this experience that nearly killed him. Um, he lives out the rest of his days in, in sort of exile um, as an Anglican in Ireland, getting away from all the English controversies. The, the, the Oliver Cromwell trashes the church. He's basically a Baptist and he destroys all the Anglican apparatus that has been built up over the years. And the minute he dies, his son takes over as a kind of pretend king. And then he dies and they bring the kings back. <laughs> and the kings and queens of England now are the ones they brought back. Charles II, Charles I's son, comes back to the throne after being exiled in France. And um, we have English kings again. And these are the kings that the United States uh, rebellion against the king. Um, they're the ones that they take on. But you can see the trauma of Jeremy Taylor and how his ministry after that uh, was shaped by that. He had a deep concern for the for the for knowledge, for learning, um, for studying in a church that had nothing. His little Anglican church was a church in exile. It looked like it was over. It wasn't going to come back to life. And yet he knew that God was in it, and eventually it did. And even in exile, he uh, wrote and taught and prayed. He became a bishop and very influential uh, figure for these exiled Anglicans um, who, when they came back to the, the power, when they came back to a place of influence in the English government and life, um, they, they had a different um, sensibility of what it meant to be a Christian. Being a Christian wasn't holding power. Being a Christian was someone who followed Jesus and practiced the faith and handed that faith down to new people as they go. And this is the legacy for me of Jeremy Taylor, someone who um, went through the ups and downs of life, the storms of life, and came out sharing that grace with other people until his last day. So we thank God for Jeremy Taylor today, and we thank God for um, all those who have uh, suffered loss and come back from that to a place of ministry and blessing. Amen. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, 
and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Apostles' Creed is on 53. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O God, whose days are without end and whose mercies cannot be numbered, make us, like your servant Jeremy Taylor, deeply aware of the shortness and uncertainty of human life. And let your Holy Spirit lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.